Truth. Chillin'. Truth. And that's what I decided I'm going to murder my mother. And I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Yeah, that was a really dip, a really long political discussion we just had. I'm really glad we didn't. It was, it but we're not going to carry it into the show. It's out of my system, and anybody listening who wishes they could hear it, tough luck. Yeah, because we're never going to talk politics on the show. Because you know why? We don't know enough about it to argue with anybody. We don't. And we don't want that type of shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> and also, it's really depressing and pretty scary. Oh, so dude, I'm so bummed out. It. I really wish we wouldn't have the conversation before this because I'm. Gonna- yeah, that was not good energy to put into the show. So, uh, and I'm also tired, so that does. Anyway, let's just get into the show. On to zombies. Let's do the clap. Let's get this shit rolling. All right, ready? One, two, three. Clap. And before we continue, okay. I'm taking my volume from 75% to 50%. Noise. And I'm Thank talking you. while I did that, so you will see a difference in my volume when you are editing. Because everybody see, it's that listens. It's easier for me to raise your volume than it is for me to lower your volume. Right. And, and, and just so anybody listens isn't sure, yes, Corey puts in. 100% of the work behind this shit show. Let's say like 95%. Because you make a few, you rattle off a couple jokes here and there. I don't even think they're jokes. I just go on fucking bullshit <laughs> rants that make zero sense. <laughs> okay, so welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. I am Corey, and if you can hear that noise that you just heard, that was my wires because I have my microphone upside down to see if I can get some better audio, and I hit them. But anyway, I am Corey, and I'm joined by my buddy Johnny. Hello! No lag this week. Good on us. Uh, Today we're talking about zombies again, and we almost made this a three-parter, but we decided to go ahead and just make this a little longer um, and just do two parts because it just seems easier. Three parts are hard. It's three weeks. It's almost a month of recording the same topic, and I'm sure you guys can get bored. We don't necessarily get bored, but it is fun to talk about other things, and we've got some exciting stuff coming up, so I'd rather just you know make this a two-parter and call it done because it's easy to put it into two parts. Anyways, let's get into the episode, yeah? Yeah. So we last left off with telling you guys the best way to be on the run. Is to go to sleep. today we're going to – Oh. What's that? I thought the last thing we talked about was going to sleep, getting rested, and then feeling better about the apocalypse. Well, that's part of being on the run is you got to get some sleep because you don't want to be sleep deprived while trying to fight the undead. Okay. So get on the run. Get enough of a head start so that you can have a decent nap later before anybody catches you. Yes, exactly. Got and it. put the cans up because that'll keep – that's an alarm system. Cool. Yeah, we got it. We covered it. They know. So you're so when on the run, you're probably not going to want to be on foot. So we're going to pick up today with talking about some tip, some vehicles you can use, their pitfalls, and their – you know, the good things about them. I don't know. What's the opposite word for pitfalls? I guess benefits? Uh, success. Successes? Gains. Successors? Gains? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so the first vehicle we're going to talk about is the sedan. This is the basic everyday car. Most of you probably already have one of these. But the things to look for when you're choosing a sedan to use in this new undead world uh, is gas mileage, for one, because you're not going to be able to just pull into a 7-Eleven and pump up and go inside and get a slushie because that's not going to be part of your life anymore. 
So you need to worry about gas mileage, storage space, and of course durability because you don't want to be driving away from a horde of zombies chasing you down and then you know your fucking car breaks down. Okay, before so you obviously continue, one of them, I think what we've learned in any zombie movie is that you drive as far as the car you're in will go and then you just jump in another vehicle because the keys are probably still going to be in it because whoever drove it was eaten. Well, hopefully that vehicle has gas. Well, obviously, but you just, yeah, you car hop until, you know, you get to your destination because you're just, you're, you're going on fumes of each gas tank. Until you find a sweet Hummer and paint a number three on the side, like in Zombieland. That's true. But you could be like your boy, Johnny, who owns a diesel Volkswagen. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to mention the motorcycle. Well, I mean, the motorcycle would be great because you can, you know, kick zombies in the face as you ride by, but... And fall off your motorcycle and get eaten after you get terrible. Well, yeah, no, I mean, worst ahead. case scenario, but I drive a very fuel economic vehicle. It, it is a Volkswagen diesel. I get 50 plus miles per gallon on the highway, 40 mm-hmm. in the city. You want a vehicle like that when you're driving a sedan so you don't have to stop as frequently if you do have access to fuel. So you hear that, everybody. When the breakdown of society happens, go to Johnny's house, whoop him real good and then take his yeah I, I mean technically jet. yeah i mean in an apocalypse i have what you want so you're you're gonna <laughs> so want to take what i have so <laughs> bring it on this is the way it works technically you're doing the smart thing is by attacking johnny and taking his vehicle technically yes so obviously one of the major pitfalls of the sedan is the lack of off-road capabilities uh, your best bet would be something like a Subaru or any of the new like SUV. Like, oh, I guess not an SUV. But I don't know any cars that are all-wheel drive. Is your car all-wheel drive? Uh, no, Volkswagen typically doesn't make a sedan that is all-wheel drive. But Subaru, a lot of the SUVs are. Most Subaru vehicles, sedans, SUVs, I think those all are all-wheel Subarus drive. Are, are all-wheel drive. I think all of them. Uh, is uh, to my knowledge, yes. Yeah. yeah. So and, something like a Subaru. Yeah, and Subarus, uh, even a Subaru gas uh, vehicle gets better gas mileage than a Volkswagen. So if you're in, in the market for an SUV or a sedan and you're looking at either uh, a, a Volkswagen or Subaru, uh, you're going to get more bang for your buck on the Subaru lot. I'm just this, saying. This episode is brought to you by Subaru. And you I, know, 91% of Subarus <laughs> that have ever been made are still on the road. Right. And, uh, for the record, I've never owned a Subaru. I just know the statistics I want one. and the specs. They're yeah, nice. for sure. But given... Uh, the, with the Subaru vehicle, even if you have all-wheel drive, you won't have very much clearance still, so hopefully you don't uh, get stuck anywhere. No, but you will have mud flaps. Most Subarus come with mud flaps. <laughs> so, you, know, you won't be wor- you won't have to worry about splashing mud on anybody behind you in the brand new 2020 Subaru Impreza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Subaru, drive different. Subaru, if, if, if anybody did. from Subaru is listening, please, Give please consider sponsoring us. We will promote your vehicles all day. Mud flaps. Windshield wipers. <laughs> Subaru mud flaps. <laughs> they have it all. <laughs> Multiple doors. <laughs> obvious fucking thing. An engine. Uh, they have everything you need. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like this is the more... The more... The, the more normal choice that people go for and that's the suv so i have a 91 4 oh here we go let's talk about what you have oh my god it's the first (laughs) (laughs) before on this show Uh, so i have a 91 4runner and honestly if the engine was more reliable i think it would be perfect for this it's four-wheel drive once i put the uh the parts back on it because like i said it's uh currently falling apart 
Uh, it does have off-road tires. It, it's so a ninety. It's a ninety-one no runner. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> it runs, motherfucker. It just doesn't have four-wheel drive right. Oh, okay. I just yeah. spent seven hundred dollars getting my AC fixed. So you can. Oh, we get it. You're anymore. rich. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not rich, uh-huh. dude. I just. I just. You have seven hundred dollars to with spend my on a vehicle. Twenty-eight-year-old vehicle. Yeah. yeah. And my twenty-eight-year-old truck. I'm <laughs> so rich. If I was rich, I'd own a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> it's all-wheel drive with mud flaps. And windshield wipers, I've heard. What? I've heard they have windows. Can you believe it? Jesus Christ. All right. Okay, so I'm yeah. I'm running so, out of uh, Subaru jokes. Let's move on. Yeah, me too. They're dried up now. Uh, but like I said, it's kind of unreliable, and it doesn't go very fast because it's very old. So it probably wouldn't be the best bet. But not all SUVs are capable of driving off-road. Many are uh, two-wheel drive, so you need to be wary of that when you're trying to choose an SUV. But gas mileage is decent if you can find a newer one. But if you grab one like mine, you're looking at about 18 miles to the gallon. So yeah. I can get about 160 miles out of a full tank on my truck. Yeah, dude, if you got a V8 that's a quarter ton, dude, you're good. Now, see, that's not true because we're going to get to that in just a sec- Actually, right now. So the truck would be the next the next thing we're going to talk about, and that would be any mid-sized cargo vehicle, so like a van or a truck or something like that. So they do have a lot of storage in the bed, but those things are exposed to the elements, of course, unless you have a cover, but then that limits your space, so you don't have as much space after that. So off-road capabilities are good depending on the model you choose. I feel like your best bet would be something like an F-150 size truck. If you get a mini truck, you run the risk of not having a lot of space. If you get like a Ford Ranger or like the Mazda fucking equivalent of that, or like the the Colorados or something like that. If you get one of those, you're gonna not you're not gonna have as much space. But if you get like a big F three fifty fucking dually with the fucking big diesel exhaust and shit, all your cap- off road capabilities go out the window because your vehicle's too heavy and you're just gonna fucking get stuck. So stick to the middle ground if you have to pick a truck. Well, and an F three fifty is only good until you run out of fuel. And if you don't have to go into the mud because your vehicle is a one-ton truck that's gonna get stuck in <laughs> well, the mud. you can say the same mud. thing about a diesel truck. That diesel engine is gonna sit and sink. Well, I mean, if you have an F three fifty, F two fifty, twenty five hundred, anything with a diesel engine, and it's probably not gonna make it through many trails or mud ditches and shit. Because you got to think, you're not gonna be just driving down the fucking freeway listening to our podcast. You're gonna be fucking driving in the ditch. You're gonna be driving on the median. You're gonna be going up curbs. You're gonna be. It's not all the, the roads are gonna be jam packed with. With abandoned vehicles and bodies and all the bullshit. So, I mean, not the bullshit. The bodies are bullshit. <laughs> the bullshit and the bodies, the fucking, <laughs> the dead babies and bullshit that have been eaten the by dead zombies. idiots. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. This episode's but, been no. brought to you by Cummins. <laughs> Just run them over. Just run them over. <laughs> That's their slogan. <laughs> okay, so the next thing is the bus. So again, these are very heavy and have no off-road capabilities. We keep mentioning off-road because, like I said, you're not going to be driving on the road more than likely. You're going to take trails, ditches, side roads, and other very primitive roads. Now, a bus would be ideal for living quarters if you can find a way to make the windows impenetrable. Maybe if you weld like a dozer blade on the front, barbed wire windows, steel plating around the whole thing. It could work, but again, you're adding a lot of weight to the vehicle, and you have no off-road capabilities, so a bus may not be your best bet. Especially you just find one and you're just going to live in it. Especially if, it, if you have a dozer blade on a diesel bus you know you got that weight factoring in because honestly if i had a bus i would prefer it to be diesel because well fuel mileage first off 
But is this episode brought to you by any diesel vehicle? Because you've said diesel so many times. Diesel. Paid for every time you said diesel, we'd be making money. Diesel. <laughs> diesel. Diesel. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> green knob diesel. <laughs> Didn't you tell me a while back that you sometimes when you're putting fuel in your car, people are like, "Whoa, dude, that's diesel," and you're like, "Oh shit!" You're like, "No, I'm just kidding." Oh, I've had several people. <laughs> yeah, they'll them. they'll stop me when I have a green no- nozzle in my car, and they'll be like, "Dude, you got the diesel," and I'll freak out and play the game for a minute, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm just fucking it's fucking diesel, you dumb shit." Get out of my fucking face! Yeah. I don't know how diesel is yeah. green. Get, out, get out of my diesel lane, bro. <laughs> I'll fucking fight you right now, bro. Dude, you I'll fight you. Go? Let me take my trucker hat off and I'll whoop your ass. Dude, let me turn my diesel off because you know I keep it running when I fuel. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. I want everyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually the truth. I do leave the Volkswagen running when I fuel because I can. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Good to know. <laughs> okay. So the now next I'm bragging. The now I feel like yeah, I'm bragging. No, it was, it was obvious. Again. You didn't have to let us okay. know. It was pretty obvious that you're now bragging. Yeah, well. So the next one is the armored car. Now, I've always said this is the ideal zombie vehicle. It is heavy, and it is impenetrable. So if you, ha- if you had a way to sustain yourself inside one of these, no horde on earth would be able to destroy this. They also, I don't know if, any, I don't know if you guys know this, but they have holes in the side doors and the back doors that you can shoot out of in case, you know, someone's trying to rob the truck. You can fucking murder them on the spot. This episode has been brought to you. Of your super <laughs> yeah. armored car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the DC sniper should have gone with one of these vehicles. No, he should not have. <laughs> he would still be running. The cops are just trying to take him down. He's just driving. If you haven't listened to the DC sniper episode, listen to it. And you'll understand that remark. Yeah, uh, he should have definitely. If he wanted to stay uh, active, he should have used an armored car instead of a fucking what he did do. Yeah, so, without putting work into a vehicle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, however, they are very heavy. They have very bad gas mileage, and it'd be pretty hard to get a hold of one. Uh, they have no, no off-road capabilities, so I'm kind of changing my opinion now. These might not be the best. I mean, they're uh, great if you want to plow over some zombies, but weight and fuel economy, nah, it's not really the best choice. Yeah, it's more of a, like, let's get to one side of the city and then the other and, and then ditch this fucking thing. In a quick amount of time, yeah. Like, it, yeah, we need to fucking take a main road in the inner city. An armored car is the way to go. Yeah, you're very safe in one of those. So next is the motorcycle, and go say it already. Go ahead, get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way early. Uh, so it. this fucking ar- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not go ahead. <laughs> this this episode's been brought to you by Harley Davidson. <laughs> so if we had all these real sponsors that we make up, we'd be so. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's wondering, no one pays us for this bullshit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Did you get it out of your system? Can I read the actual? No, it's not out of my system. I'll wait until I have okay, next continue. opening and then I'll say something else. Go for it. Okay. So if you have a motorcycle and are brave enough to take it on, take the undead on with it, I mean, feel free. I would not choose this myself. You're exposed. The chance of accidental death is much higher, especially seeing as how you're under a lot of pressure. If you're under attack, uh, they do get very good gas mileage, but the tanks are very small. Uh, and you can go in and out of abandoned tra- abandoned traffic vehicle. Aban- uh, you can go in and out of traffic of abandoned vehicles very easily. But again, your literal ass is in the wind. Okay, and and I will say, and you are right, but I will say, as far as the great gas mileage, it's in an apocalypse, not so much because uh, price wise, yes. But a full tank on a five gallon motorcycle tank 
is only going to get you about 150 miles at best down the road. So you're still better off in an armored car or a bus or a bigger fucking vehicle. Uh, yeah, unless you have like gas tanks you can fill up and strap. Right. If you got jerry cans and the, shit, the it's great. But fuel, it's great when it's not apocalypse. But if if you're trying to like get down the road without stopping frequently, no, the motorcycle you're, you're going to be constantly. It's great. <laughs> It's great when fuel is readily available. <laughs> yes, the, yeah. the threat of being eaten alive is not there. Yeah, when you can take your time and get like a couple soft drinks at a gas station while you wait. <laughs> get some, get a Slim Jim or something. Yeah. That, it's nice. Yeah, but other than that, no. Yeah, no, not an apocalyptic world. So there are other means of transportation. Uh, I'm not going to go super in-depth with them. Uh, because well, that's so not what we've been doing. These for you're already reading them, huh? No, I'm just saying we, we've gone into depth on each vehicle that we've discussed. But these are – you don't really have to go in depth to understand why these are maybe not your best choice. So the number one is horse. Uh, unless you are an experienced horseback rider, this is not the way to go. Horses are very difficult to take care of and they can be difficult to ride. Uh, also, they can get spooked by zombies, buck you off, you break your leg, and guess what? You're dead now. So – Unless you know how to ride a horse and tame a horse and all the bullshit that comes along with having a horse, maybe don't go with a horse. Well, it's funny that you ask because you did ask. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I know I horsemanship didn't. and I know how to ride a horse. I mean, they're great on fuel because they take none, but you can't. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the hole in the back is not for fuel, apparently. Right. But a lot of people don't know that when you're running a horse across country, a lot of those guys took like a couple horses with them because the first one was probably going to die or they'd have to abandon it or it, if it breaks an ankle well, in a rocky tired. area. You can't just go and go and go. That's it's true. Fucking break. But once once a horse breaks its ankle, you got to put the thing down. There's like no healing and waiting and then getting further down the road. Or no, no, no. You throw it on your trail, back and you take you it to the closest zombie vet you can find. Or, you know, it's funny you say that because now that gives me the idea, take a horse and then if you are overpowered or you have a lame horse, whichever happens first, the horse, down, dude. the horse is a good diversion. You just, you don't have to be the fastest. You just got to be faster than that three-legged horse. Yeah. You shoot that horse and it's as the good old, leg and you fucking get on down the trail, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, just fucking dump that fucker in front of the zombies. And guess what? You have a head start now. Yeah. And that's not inhumane. That's. That's just survival. Yeah, dude. no, those ho- those horses are going to spend at least a few hours on a horse. Yeah, you'll be yeah, you'll be fine. Depending on the size of the horde. I mean, if there's a lot of them, they're like fucking piranhas and yeah, 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 eating, you know, tearing it apart. Yeah, yes. So. Anyway, so the next one is air. Another thing that requires a significant amount of skill, unless you know how to fly a plane or a helicopter, maybe just stay on the ground. I would say. The other day, I was actually talking with Elsa about this. And I was like, yeah, we could totally take a plane and go somewhere. And I'm like, the problem isn't flying the plane. The problem is landing the plane. I can keep get the plane in the air. Yeah, but as long as you got a few good parachutes in the plane, fuck landing it, dude. (laughs) Jump, dude. I'm fucking going. Never been skydiving. There's never a better chance to try something new than in the zombie. You just dive out and and land. It's funny that you ask about the skill required to operate an aircraft. Uh, I I don't. I, I don't have the skill. Thank you. I'm glad that you don't because I didn't want to hear another tangent about it. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. Operating an aircraft is not one of them. Yeah. You've been around people that do, but you yourself. I know plenty of people that operate aircraft for sure. Call them up. You want those people in your group. Yeah. Unless they've been compromised. Exactly. 
We talked about that last time. You're very ruthless <laughs> when it comes to no, you, people in your group. No, you t- you shoot them in the head. I don't care if it's your brother. You're the, you're the Kim Jong-un of zombie survivors. <laughs> Dude, you do what you got to do, man. <laughs> so number three is by water. So a boat is significantly easier to operate than an air vehicle, depending on the size of the boat you choose. And for all we know, zombies can't swim. So a boat is a pretty decent choice, but finding one that's big enough to live on, I mean, that is a completely different story. Yeah, they should incorporate something in these zombie movies that lets us know whether or not zombies can swim. As far as I know, they cannot swim, but they could walk. And if their weight is heavy enough, if they're not too buoyant, they could just walk on the bottom of a lake. To get, oh, they because they're on. Und- okay, okay. That makes sense. They could just go to the bottom and then walk the floor. Jesus. Or they're dumb as fuck and they just walk and they just float in the water and then they just slowly. I'm just, <laughs> now all I can see is uh, what was that movie? Uh, Fuck. It'll come to me. Is it a zombie movie? No. Well, kind of. Damn it. Dawn of the Dead? No. Dumber than that. Shaun of the Dead? No. Older than that. Dumber than that. I don't know. We'll move on. If you think about it, just jump in. All right. Okay. So we've covered how to prepare your home, what to do if you're on the run. So what do you do if you found a place, you fortified it, and then you're under attack? Thankfully, we are here to help you out. So some supplies is the first thing we're going to talk about. Some very important supplies you want to have in your home during your hunker down. So after you fortify your home, you need to take inventory of everything you have. You want to make sure you have enough for a long period of time. Never assume rescue will come quickly or if at all. Uh, And it's always better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And that is a very important rule to live by even in today's world, even without the zombies out there. It's a good rule to have. So when you're on the run, you want to travel light, obviously. But here, in your home, you can have as much shit as you want, as much stuff as your walls can hold. So here's a rough here's a rough list of weapons that you can have. So rifle, 500 rounds. Shotgun, 12 gauge, 250 shells. Pistol, 250 rounds. Silencer for the rifle, optional. Silencer for the pistol, optional. A telescopic sight for the rifle. Night vision optic for the rifle. A laser sight for the rifle. Laser sight for the pistol. A katana, authentic. Remember we talked about that in episode one. You don't want... You don't want fake weapons. And it doesn't run uh, out of bullets. A hatchet and... Wait, what? And it doesn't run out of bullets. Exactly. But you'd also want to hit a zombie in the head and it's snapping too because you bought it on Amazon on a fucking deal. Right. I mean, you want an authentic katana. Yeah. That's why you put uh, it So in then you want a hatchet and you want and you want two knives with six to eight inch blades. Sorry, I wanted to get through that list. What did you say? I couldn't hear you. Well, and that, I, that was just saying that's why you put authentic next to katana. You want enough to yeah, I wanted to make sure I said that part. But the movie I was thinking about was Uncle Bernie, Weekend at Bernie's. I'm thinking of Uncle Bernie walking at the bottom <laughs> of the fucking seafloor with sunglasses He's dead. on. He's literally dead. <laughs> yeah, well, he was dead, but so were zombies. Oh, my God. I was just thinking of he Uncle Bernie Bernie's. just like, you know, walking like, you know, with his back arched. You know what I mean? That funny walk that he did with the two dudes. I can't remember their names or the characters' names in the movie, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm just seeing Uncle Bernie just walking at the fucking bottom of the ocean floor with sunglasses on with a Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, think about that. Whatever zombies are coming after you, you laugh yourself to death. Bernie, is that you? (laughs) Is that you, Uncle Bernie? And then (laughs) it wasn't Uncle Bernie. No, turns out (laughs) it was not him. Uh, so now you have all the weapons, but you still need more equipment to survive, obviously. So some important equipment to have is water, a hand pump water filter, rainwater receptacle, iodine purification tablets, canned food, three cans per day. You want to make sure you have enough for a sustainable amount of food. 
But that's uh, that could be moved around a bit. If you get two cans a day, you know, if you sleep till noon during the apocalypse, you only have to eat twice, so you're good to go. That's true. And if you get ahead of the crowd, you can sleep till noon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you just sprint the whole way to where you're stopping, yeah, dude, you can sleep till noon. Dude, so when your buddy asks, like, "Why the fuck are you running so fast?" Be like, "Dude, I'm sleeping till noon tomorrow." And he'll be like, "Oh shit!" And then you're in a race, and then you see who's faster, and you know next time there's a chase, you're not as fast as him, so you need to be careful. You got it. So you want two portable electric stoves, an advanced med kit, bicycle-powered electric generator, which I don't mean, do you have to fucking build it? Do you have to buy it? I mean, can I get that on the internet? I don't know where you even get something like that. Um, a bicycle-powered electric generator? I mean, at this point, you can't exactly find it on Amazon. You're going to have to hunt it down. Yeah, which would be probably an issue. So gasoline generator for emergency use only because they are very loud. 20 gallons of gasoline, rechargeable battery-powered shortwave radio, two battery-powered flashlights, reinforcement materials, lumber, screws, hammer, etc., extensive toolkit, high-powered telescope, 15 emergency flares, 25 chemical light sticks, five fire extinguishers, two sets of earplugs, and extensive survivor survival manuals. And These for, are all and, very important things to have. And for those of you that are wondering, why do I need an advanced med kit? Well, here's why. You can buy a basic medical first aid kit for camping anybody can get them they're pretty cheap uh and you can get all of the bandages and stuff that you need for one person if you get an advanced med kit which i highly advise for anybody that camps and especially at camps with more than just themselves it comes with more of that same supplies but what i've noticed in the past is that an advanced or a bigger uh more equipped medical first aid kit they usually include splints and the small basic important. ones do not. If you not. break a bone, exactly. you're going to be fucked. So if you're wondering, that is why it comes with a splint typically. And also, say you're say you're reinforcing the walls and you smash your finger with a fucking hammer. It happens all the time. And you break the skin and you're bleeding. And you're in this undead world that is very dirty. Typhus is probably going to make a return. Um, you have a very high chance of getting an infection unless you immediately clean that out because the world is not as clean as it used to. It's dirty as fuck now. Imagine how it's going to be when society's breaking down. Right. So you want to have the necessary things to keep yourself safe, not only from the undead, but from little things like that, that you can get blood poisoning or something crazy and die like that, you fucking idiot. What the, the stupidest way to die in the zombie apocalypse? It really is, man. You don't want to die from your own demise. Yeah, you want to die guns blazing, two fucking machine guns under your arms like Rambo, just ta -ta 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 -ta, yeah. taking out fucking zombies. You'd be like, oh, Johnny died during the apocalypse. Oh, fuck, dude. How many was it? How bad was it? Oh, he sprained his ankle and couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> he sprained his ankle and didn't tell anybody, and then we tried to run away from a horde, and he just... Yeah, he just collapsed. Eat. Yeah, what a dumbass. Another important thing, we've talked a lot about guns and stuff. Every gun is loaded at all times. Make sure you... Act that way no matter what, because you definitely don't want to shoot yourself in the fucking head on accident during this. You're definitely walk. keeping it in level one. You're in a home or an apartment, and you've done all the necessary preparations, fortifying it. You've got your weapons and supplies. Now comes the horde of the undead. They've surrounded your home, and they're attacking it, but you've done a great job at fortifying it, so they're not able to get in. What do you do now? And believe it or not, you're not out of the woods just yet. But there are a couple of things that you do need to do. That might seem, I guess, maybe tedious or you don't really think about it. But this is something that's super important. And like I said earlier, typhus could very easily make a return. And it's a horrible disease that just boils your brain, basically. Um, this is important to do. So you want to designate a corner of your backyard if you have one as a latrine, which is a fancy word for a bathroom. 
because if you're just shitting in the corners of the house, one, it's going to smell horrible and nobody's going to want them. It's going to want to be around you. And two, that's how infections start. It's disgusting. First, And that's another thing. It's fucking gross. Yeah. You want to dig a vegetable garden. Obviously away from your fucking shithole. You don't want to put it next to that. Uh, and then always use your bicycle generator if you can. It's quieter and it helps you stay in shape, which is important. Rule number one in Zombieland is cardio. Well, and that's what I was going to say earlier when you were listing the uh, the weapons to use when you were saying that silencers are optional. I think the silencers should be mandatory because you want to minimize the noise. Right. Well, I mean, it's more more like it's optional, like the weapon is still functional without it. I mean, yes, but you don't need it to put down to a zombie, but if you don't want to attract zombies from across, across town, you don't want to make a lot of noise with gun blasts, so. Yeah, no, you definitely don't want to just be fucking firing off rounds if you don't have to. Always use a knife or a hatchet or a katana or something quiet, something silent if you can, but if not, you know, you got to do what you got to do to stay alive. Right. This is very, 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 very important. I'd say this is probably one of the most important rules you can keep in mind, and that is keep a patrol on the wall constantly. You don't want any surprises. You don't want anybody, even zombies, raiders, anybody sneaking up on you. So if you're in a group, a schedule should be made where patrols are 24 hours. If alone, limit your patrols to daytime and at night. Make sure all windows and doors are secure. Windows should be barred and doors boarded up, obviously with screws, not nails, and sleep with a flashlight and weapon nearby and sleep very lightly, but I promise you, after your few nights of living by yourself in a zombie world, you're probably going to be a pretty light sleeper. Right. But I also want to add that if you are scheduling patrols while you are switching shifts, I think that it's important that everyone coming off patrol, they should be examined thoroughly by the person going on patrol. Absolutely. Because you've got that dude that's going to get bitten on patrol and he's not going to tell anybody. Yep, because he doesn't want to get fucking exiled or shot in the dome, so he's not going to say anything, and he's going to turn in the middle of the night, and guess what? Everybody's fucked. Yeah, should have checked him. Yeah, so def- that's that's a good point. I never really thought about that. Uh, you want to maintain a low profile, and by that I mean if you have like a basement or something, your best bet is probably to spend most of your times on there unless on patrol, because it's insulated for one, because it's underground. There's not a lot of noise coming out of it, and it's just, it's safer. I mean, unless of course, you know. They break into the house, then you're kind of fucked. But you know, then you just go out guns blazing, Rambo style. Yeah. Uh, dispose of all bodies, human or zombie. Do so by burning with gasoline. Uh, exercise. This is important too. Besides your got your bicycle power generator, you can do push ups, pull ups. You can run in place. You, I mean, you're gonna be bored as fuck. It's like being in prison. You just lift some weights or something. Yeah, you definitely want to be in well, shape maybe- when shit goes down. Yeah, you don't want to be a fat turd trying to run because the fatties are going to be the first to yep. go. That was part of yep. zombie land as well. Fat turds are donezo, dude. Yeah, man. I packed on a few pounds, but I can, you know, survival reasons, I can run. Are you turning into a fat turd, dude? What? This this COVID's got you turned into a fat turd? I'm not a fat turd. I'm more like a fat. That's, I'm in the that's, intestines. That's like the I'm sound you made m- makes it sound like you're a fat turd. I'm talking, I'm not out of breath, so I'm not a I'm fat not a turd. fat turd, I'm a fat pfft. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fat pfft. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fart right now. I'm just a fat fart, all right? Not sure if I'm a turd time. yet. Give me some time. Yeah, So, it. And the last and final thing on this list is make sure your escape plan is planned and your gear is nearby. Using a go bag makes a lot of sense here. Keep a go bag and a gun next to your door, so if you need to book it and leave all your shit behind, at least you've got some necessary items and you've got a weapon. 
at the very least. So now, you've protected your home, the undead nearby are gone and cleared out, bodies are destroyed, and everything seems okay, but it will not stay like that for long. Zombies migrate, and they migrate in hordes. It's only a matter of time before more show up, so what you need to do is you need to seek out those hordes and destroy them. And the next part is exactly how to do that. This is the Seek and Destroy mission. This is not on the run. This is not sitting on your ass waiting for rescue or zombies to show up. You need to seek them out, and you need to destroy them. Exactly. So the first thing on the list you want to keep in mind is a collective response. You never want to try to do this alone. You need to have a group help you or multiple nearby groups to help you. This is a not a solo mission. If you try to do this Seek and Destroy alone, you will die 100%. You will not do this by yourself. Number two is keep discipline. A well-controlled group will decide if you conquer the undead or if you will be eaten by the undead. If you have members of your group who can't sit still, can't be quiet, can't be controlled in a sense... Leave them to, quote, hold down the fort and take your more mature and disciplined members will you with you. This will definitely be in your favor, I promise you. Be alert. Always, As always in the undead world, being alert is the difference between life and death. You may be going without sleep, food, water, or all three of those things. Regardless, you need to try to keep your wits about you because if you don't, again, you will die 100%. Have your established safe zone. This is a must. It needs to be manned and equipped with everything you need to keep fighting these hordes because, believe it or not, you're going to get tired. You're going to run out of ammo. You're going to run out of supplies. You're going to need to fall back to this place and resupply. This is this is pretty obvious, but I put it on the list anyway. Use daylight. I mean, this should be a given, but we're going to say it. You don't want to fight the undead at night, but, I mean, I'm not going to delve into that because that that should be obvious for you guys. Plan an escape. If things get too hairy, you need to fall back. That And it's not like a ran out of ammo situation, like you're getting overrun and you need to fall back. You need to have a plan. Make sure everybody in the group is aware of that plan and have a signal to make that happen, to let everybody know, like, hey, let's fall the fuck back. This is getting too crazy. Uh, number six is plan and – oh, wait, no, I said – sorry, I read that one all right. Number seven is let the undead come to you. Don't chase the hordes down. Go nearby and wait for them to come to you. You're smarter than them, so why would you work harder? And this is something that not a lot of people would think of, but it's very, very important. It's knock before going into a room. Knock and listen for noise. Zombies aren't covert. So if you make a noise, they're going to hear it. They're going to move around. You're going to know that they're in there. And then you can be aware of what you're walking into. Don't just barge into a room. Or if it's an open door, bang on the floor, bang on the wall. Some Make some kind of noise where they're going to be like, oh, there's a person out there. Let me go to that noise. And then, you know, you have a better chance of knowing what you're walking into. You need to be thorough. Clear every inch of every room, every closet, cabinet, anything and everything. And we're going to get to when we talk about environment or terrains, the urban terrain is a huge pitfall when it comes to this. We're going to get to that in just a little while. Uh, maintain communication, keep in t contact with your home base and your group, use an earpiece. Do not just have your walkie-talkie on your fucking belt because it's going to be loud, cackling, making a bunch of noise when you need to be quiet. Kill and listen. After an attack, be sure to listen for a secondary group of zombies or maybe just a secondary zombie that you didn't see while you were fighting this other one. They wandered up. Be aware of that. Uh, dispose of all bodies. We covered that already. We're not going to delve into that again. Uh, and never go off alone. This ties into the first rule we mentioned. You cannot do this alone. If you're in a group of two 
And if you're in a big group and everybody pairs off, then you need to stay with your partner. Don't fucking take off and Rick Grimes and do everything, try to do everything by yourself. Now, on this mission, you do want to take supplies uh, because you're not going to be able to do anything without having supplies. Uh, you don't want to take too much either, though. It's similar to being on the run, but you can take a little bit more because you know you're going to a place and you're going to be falling back at some point. So here's a list. Uh, we're, we're pretty heavy with the list on this episode. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. People need to know. That's the key to I mean, surviving right, a I mean, zombie apocalypse. You need to make lists. You need to strategize. And list making, it, it makes you, you certain that your shit is in order. So if you don't like I lists, lists, I don't want to hang out with you in apocalypse. You're not going to make it. I like making lists. Sometimes I make lists to make myself feel better about it. It's not, not about them. enjoying it. It's about being thorough and necessary so well, i know that but i'm just throwing in the fact that i like making lists okay. can i just like making i, lists I guess and not be in, part in of case anybody was wondering Corey likes to make lists thank you i'm gonna make a list of fucking how i'm gonna stand. let's make a list of reasons we don't care that Corey likes making lists number one i'm gonna buy a suit all right good okay so here's the list i did i liked making this list but here's the list so you want to take a primary firearm, 50 rounds of ammo, a cleaning kit for the weapon, not for your stanky ass, a secondary weapon, 25 rounds of ammo, a melee weapon, a knife, flashlight, two emergency flares, two-way radio, two ways of making fire, matches or lighter, something like that, a full quart canteen, daily rations, hiking or combat boots, two pairs of socks, a bedroll or pad, because you may be sleeping out in the shit. Don't forget about the backup sidearm that you're going to need when you are pulling a Tom Hanks and sitting on your ass while you're shooting that tank. Yeah, we mentioned that. <laughs> I know. That's why I wanted to bring it up again. I think it's shooting at the tank of zombies uh, that have somehow formed the shape of a tank and they're coming right. at you now. Right. Yeah. And also two pairs of socks is important. You don't want wet feet out there, dude, because your wet feet, that's how you get gangrene, man. And no foot no feet in the apocalypse is not gonna do very well. Also, as a side note, a couple of extra things to take with you, bolt cutters, 500 feet of rope, binoculars, crowbar, a med kit, a regular med kit, extra water, and uh, a few maps because you're going to want to know where you're headed. You know, I never even thought of bolt cutters, but that's genius when you're trying to get through fences that are cut off that have, you know, yeah, supplies man, on the other important. side. And you're not trying to either hurt yourself or draw attention to yourself by making a lot of noise and hurting yourself climbing this big ass fence. So yeah, being able to cut well, it. Well, not only that, you don't, it. you don't want to take any unnecessary risks because like I said earlier, there's no fucking, there's no hospital you can go to if you fall off this fence and break your fucking leg. Let's well, not even, let's not even, not just the fence, but let's say that every vehicle around you is either a, no keys, you don't have a hot wire or there's no gas in them. And there's a bicycle, but it has a lock on it. You're going to die because you don't have bolt cutters. <laughs> right, you can't just knock into a fucking metal <laughs> right. lock, dude. No, bolt cutters, dude. Gotta have them. Very important. And you can buy mini bolt cutters that will probably be able to cut a regular fence. You can get those at uh, Advanced Auto Parts. There you go. Pretty cool. And this episode's brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts. Advanced Auto Parts. Get in the zone. So when it comes to a vehicle for this situation, you don't want to use the same tactics as you do with an on-the-run scenario. When it comes to a vehicle here, the louder, the better. Because when you're on the run, the object is escaping. Here is clearing an area. So bringing the undead to you is better than having to chase them down. So if you get a motorcycle or you get a fucking big douchebaggy truck with a loud-ass exhaust, you can draw the undead to you a lot easier. You can also wake up my baby in fucking traffic, you dickhead. Why do you need to rev your car at a red light? No one's racing you. You're not Paul Walker. Fuck off. That sounds like a personal story now. 
Yeah, well, it gets a little personal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, this episode's brought to you by the guy from this afternoon who woke up Corey's baby by revving his fucking, fucking V6. You. <laughs> okay, so there will be many types of terrains you can possibly encounter when either going to an area or actually clearing said area, so we're going to talk about a couple of those here. So in the forest, you want to watch for freshly eaten carcasses and try to figure out if it was eaten by a zombie or by an animal. Uh, and this will indicate whether zombies were here recently or not. You can use trees as your advantage, either for stealth or to snipe or just to get a better visual of the area. Honestly, if you can get in a tree with all your supplies and all your ammo and everything and the horde is walking underneath you, you can just take pop shots from up there and you don't even need to get down. So that's that would be your best bet, I would think. Unless, of course, you fall out of the fuck. Maybe you take that 500 feet of rope you have, tie yourself to the fucking tree. <laughs> Not by your neck, by like your waist or something. Don't do yeah. Let me just put this around my neck. That way if you fall, you'll just die anyway. A cautionary tale. And they'll eat your legs. Yeah. So planes. Here you can use a regular sharpshooter long-range weapon because the area is open and vast. A team of, a team of around five could easily take out, clear several square miles in a day with adequate skill, ammo, and the proper type of rifles. It would be very easy. Fields, while similar to planes, they are also very different. With planes, it's open and you can see for miles with fields, whether alive or dead. The grass, I mean, there is still tall grass that can obstruct your view. Uh, you could be chasing a zombie through the field, only to be grabbed on the leg by another one. So watch your feet when you're in these fields. I feel like I'm teaching like a history lecture or something about like you pioneers. Should. Like, yeah, yeah, now I mean, the I, fields were a little different I mean, I, than I, the I, planes back yeah, then. Yeah, no, I think this is something to think about. When you're running through a field with tall grass... And someone came across a zombie before you, and they dropped the zombie to where it can't be. It's no longer mobile, but it is still deadly. It can walk. I mean, it can crawl, but I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. Yeah. Now I know I asked you if this phrase was offensive, and, and I didn't take and, it out and, of the script. And yeah, I, I just saw that you didn't take my advice at all. <laughs> what was the name of the bomb? Oh fuck, man! I used to know. Let me. I'm gonna Google it, but. Continue. I'm not going to say it because it, it does seem offensive. And it's Japan. I've already had a, a, a I, run in with a, as, with a person about Japan. As a Navy man and someone who has studied, well, as an American, I feel like we should know the history behind it. But uh, any, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of people that are like, well, this is the fucking name of it. Um, well, they don't know what we're talking about just yet. So they don't know what bomb. We could be talking about any bomb. That's true. Um, but anyway, yeah. so let's, if you find it, let me know. So let's talk about an urban environment here. So we're talking about big cities, you know, suburbs type of stuff like that. So you easily could just little boy, have, the government could easily just drop a fucking bomb on it and blow it to shit. But then, you know, if things do come back to life, like if, you know, if things start turning around, you know, now everything's fucked. The whole city is fucked over now, and that's not good for anybody. So fighting the undead in an urban environment without the use of a bomb is going to be very fucking difficult it because is. of a few reasons. So it will take the longest. Every room, every building, every closet, every inch has to be cleared, as we said earlier. And I don't know if you guys have been to a downtown area recently, but an urban area has a lot of fucking rooms. And you can imagine all those rooms probably have a couple closets in them. It's just going to be a fucking pain in the ass. Your best bet, if you're near an urban environment, just get away from that urban environment and go somewhere out in the fucking sticks. Right. Okay, so now we're going to end this series on what you should do if you're in a class for 
outbreak. If you remember from the first episode, a class four outbreak is essentially living with the undead. You, Everything is taken down. There's no government. There's no society. There's no police. There's nothing. Everything's gone. The zombies are outnumbering the humans at this point. So society will break down. People will become savages, feral, and very inhumane. I do want to cover feral humans in the future, though. I think that would be a super interesting episode to talk about. But anyway, I digress. So you need to be on the lookout for rogue groups of people who are dangerous and keep your fucking distance. Do not confront these people. And if you are these people, just fuck off, dude. Just calm down. Just act normal. Why do you got to be a crazy person now? Of course, the government elite will be nowhere to help as if they're any fucking help now. You know, they'll be holed up in their million dollar room bunkers with their family living, leaving the rest of us to fend for ourselves out in this wild fucking world that we're in now. Police will abandon their duties to save their families or become the very savages we just talked about. Looting will be rampant as if anything like that matters anymore. The streets will be overrun not only with the undead, but with very dangerous people with nothing to lose and no consequences for their actions. Now that everybody's scared shitless, let's talk about what you can do to survive in this cold, dark, scary world. So in the beginning, we learned how to set up your home for a long stay where rescue could never come. Then we learned what to do if you're on the run. Or, I'm sorry, we learned what to do if your place is overrun and you have to leave that place and now you're on the run. We talked about how to seek and destroy. And now we're going to talk about how to leave civilization completely, find a remote, uninhabited part of the world, and start over with your friends and family. It sounds pretty daunting, I know. But, I mean... The apocalypse is daunting. Yeah, deal with it. it's, It's very scary. You're alone now. There's no government, no police, no laws, nothing to fall back on. Your goal, only goal, yet again, same as in On the Run, is survival, but rebuilding your life this time. But don't fret, because humans have been building societies and communities for centuries, and you can probably handle it. <clears throat> we may seem to have been softened by the ease of the world now with social media, self-driving cars, adjusting your AC from your phone. All these things have no doubt softened us from the hardy, tough pioneers many of us come from. However, the instinct for survival is inside all of us. It's a primal instinct, and you will not be able to fight it. The hardest thing, though, will be surviving day to day, not the undead anymore. Hell, I mean, if you do, if you did what you're supposed to do, you'll never see another zombie anyway. You need to set up your own society in a remote area with everything you need survival for survival. So think of like Tom, Tom Hanks and Castaway, but, you know, like forever, not waiting for a boat to rescue right. you or a plane. This episode has been brought to you by the many... Great movies Tom Hanks has done. That Thomas Hanks has started. The great Sir Thomas Hanks. <laughs> I don't think he's knighted. He's not, but it sounds good. He should be knighted. That's the problem he with should. Britain. Tom Hanks is amazing. Okay. I but yeah, I mean, if anybody should be knighted, it should be Timothy Hanks himself. Timothy Hanks. So now what do you need to survive in this undead world? Undead world. Guess what there is, Johnny? Guess what I made? Uh, what? Oh, uh, a list. Uh, a list. Let's get into it. I fucking love lists. Let's list the list. A list of lists. List. To list all lists. I'm going to list how much I love lists, and then I'm going to make another list of how much I love making that other list. Oh, my God, dude. That, so the first thing on the list is a symbol of group. You're going to need more than just yourself to build re- rebuild society, obviously, and more people means more potential skills that those people may have that you do not have. And the second one, this is a one that a lot of people wouldn't think about, but study. Swing by a library on your way out of town and grab some books to help you survive. And also grab some books that you like because the TV uh, definitely will not be working anytime soon and you're going to need some type of entertainment. 
unless you like watching loop after loop after loop of the national anthem with the jets flying over that used to air at like Fuck 2 a.m., you know? <laughs> like that shit. I'm, I'm guessing in an apocalyptic scenario, that is the only thing we'll be able to watch. Which, why not? Hey, man. If it gives you a boner, you're fine. Shit, dude. In that situation. This list of lists gives me a boner, dude. Carry on. <laughs> dude, I love lists. Lists are my favorite. Uh, so this next one, uh, wean yourself off of luxury items. I'm sure all of you are listening to this on your phone right now, but when the when a class three when a class four outbreak happens, that will be no more. I know you're so disappointed. Uh, you're gonna be roughing it, so you need to start figuring out how to survive without the whole internet in your pocket. And Q Johnny mentioning his flip phone. Go ahead, and I know you're just fucking itching to do so it. So I've got this flip phone, dude. It's data free. All right, forty dollars a month. Okay, this episode has been brought to you by flip phones. Okay, keeping it real since 1998. Okay, now we got that out. We got the motorcycle out of the way, and we got the flip phone out of the way. Perfect. Dude, we got so many sponsors right now that have no idea they're sponsoring us. Dude, I've already bought a new fucking Subaru because we have so many sponsors. I wonder how many Harleys we've sold. Dude, they gave me a Subaru. There's probably a Harley waiting outside your door right now. I think right now they're doing a promotion. Zero percent interest. If you buy a Harley now, it comes with a flip phone, so... And inside that flip phone is a list that I made. <laughs> oh, yeah, that took forever because you have to hit every digit three every to four three times. times. <laughs> and if you skip that letter, guess what? You got to start over. Yeah, you got to go back around again. Yeah, this is apocalypse. There's no T9, yo. Yeah, no, dude. You got to write letters and put them in a bottle and hope somebody fucking finds that shit. Anybody under the age of 20 has no idea what T9 is. Yeah, they don't have no idea what T9 is. That, just, that was just stupid information that spilled from my face just then. <laughs> well, you're used to it. You have a flip phone, remember? I get, well, I guess everybody's used you to it. You won't let anybody else forget. So useless sure information spilling from my mouth. Got it. So uh, the next one is remain vigilant. As we said, society as we know it is gone. You're left to your instincts and your desires now. People will be ravenous and they will be feral. Steer clear of these types of people and watch your back always. Uh, know your location. Is it remote enough? How many entries are there? How, are there good lines of sight? Are there natural borders that you can capitalize on? Does it have a food source, game for hunting, water for drinking? These are all really important things to look at when you're deciding on where you're going to set up your new society. And when we get to terrain again here in a second, you know we're going to be talking about some of those things there as well. Become an expert. They say it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert on something. Guess what? You've got all the fucking time in the world. <laughs> Learn a skill. Then be the best yeah. person at that skill. Dude, you can devote the next 10,000 hours to anything you possibly can think of. You want to learn how to throw a knife and stick it into a tree every time? Guess what? You have all the fucking time in the world yeah, to dude, do that. Yeah, dude, take the next 10,000 hours. You got this. Yeah, dude. Not like you got anything else to do. Nothing good on TV. Well, unless you like the national anthem with an FAA yeah, team no, flying. Yeah, except, okay. except for that. So plan your route. We talked about this during On the Run, but this is a little more severe. Uh, you're not only going to be battling the zombies across the whole planet, but now there's bandits and raiders who are ready and willing to take your belongings and possibly your life if you don't comply with them. So when looking at your map, be wary of various choke points that uh, could be ambush points. Next thing, plans B, D, C, and E. Always have a fucking backup plan. When something doesn't work out, have a backup plan. If you, have, if you have a transportation problem, guess what? You don't have the fucking time to sit and put your thumb up your ass and figure out what you need to do. You need to have that figured out already. I know that sounds harsh, but guess what? I don't want you guys to die because if you die, we don't have any fans left. 
and I need this for my vanity. I like how you talk like once the apocalypse does occur, we're still going to be recording shitty episodes. Oh, I'm still I'm going to be live dude, <laughs> from Yellowstone National Park, just like in that movie yeah. 2012. I'm I'm Woody Harrelson in this situation. This is Chilling Truth on Pirate Radio. Yeah, there's a horde of zombies coming at me. Good thing I made this list. Next thing is construct your defenses. Once you make it to your desired location, the first thing you need to do is start putting up defenses as quickly and as best as you can. Set up walls and platforms and assign personnel to those posts immediately because uh, there could be a, a group of raiders on your heels. There could be a group of zombies on your heels. You never know. You want to have people with guns up in those crow's nests right away. Is it crow's nest or bird's nest? It's a crow's nest, right? A crow's nest is on a pirate ship, dude. Well, it's the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? I mean, they both serve the same purpose, yes, but, like, you never hear the term outside of living on a pirate ship, dude. Put a pirate ship as your defense. Right, but I guess, I don't know, anywhere on land, you just call it a lookout point. Yeah, you want something above everybody else that you can see further. No, when I hear Crow's Nest, I think Captain Hook, so. Jesus Christ. But, you know. Okay. So plan an escape route, and um, I'm not going to go into this because I don't think that we need to dissect this one very much. No, I think that should have been lumped in with plans B, C, D, and E. I think that's just backup plan after yeah, backup plan. Yeah, that goes into plans B, C, D, and E as well. Yeah. This one's important. Remain concealed and isolated. You don't want your destination to be a big city. You need to be out in the sticks where no one will find you, and if that place has natural cover for your group and fortress, all the better. Now, you don't want to just start walking in a random direction and stick your flag in the ground somewhere that isn't going to be sustainable for your future. There are different terrains, and some are better than others. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can buy the book if you really want to see what all of them are about. I'm just going to talk about three of them here. So the first one we're going to talk about is the desert. Do you guys remember back in episode one where we said, always take the path of most resistance? Yes? Perfect. That's what the desert offers. No one is going to want to live in the fucking desert. Not like without a house with air conditioner and all the bullshit that comes along with regular society. But there are a few upsides of living in the desert during an apocalypse. Large rocks can be broken into tools. Uh, You can use them to build homes if you know how to do that. Uh, The lack of water, though, and sustainable food would definitely be a problem, I would say. And of course, unless you build your fortress at the top of a large mountain, the chances of being discovered are pretty high. Deserts are sometimes flat. Uh, and that offers a very good field of view for potential raiders. And, uh, you know, but that also is in your favor as well if you have people manning your posts who know what the fuck they're doing. Nothing to add on, on the desert. You live in the desert currently. I mean, I do, but I mean, it, it, what you've said is pretty uh, sufficient. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely the path of most resistance, and it's going to be hard to survive out here, but. You're going to know, I mean, it's the desert. You want to make sure that you have supplies out here if you are going to choose this as a, either a place just to pass through or a place to reside. No, we're talking about permanent residence here. So if you choose Uh, the desert, you got your work cut out for you. Well, not really, because, I mean, you can't exactly just dig a well wherever. I mean, you got to have, you got to have. It, I don't know. I'd rather live in either – we're going to get into the jungle and stuff like that. But before I moved into the desert, I would pick a high-rise in a, in a congested city or inner city just because, A, look out. B, you're surrounded by 7-Elevens that have uh, plenty of supplies that you're probably going to need. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven, by the way. We have mentioned them a couple times today. Have we really? 
Yeah, a couple times. It shows how much I listen. So to the jungle show. is the next thing we're going to talk about. Uh, this is the opposite of the dry desert. Rain and food would be abundant. You have natural cover and ambushing, or, or and a potential uh, ambushing a potential threat of raiders would be easy, considering the trees and the the, the choke points you can set up with natural boundaries around you. Zombies can be killed and disposed of easily without alarm. Uh, there are some downsides, though. Rainforests and jungles are host to many, many organisms, many of which uh, will breed disease and infection, and that would be a constant worry uh, and or hindrance for your group. Now the next one, an island. This is natural salvation, right? Zombies can't swim, raiders can be seen from a distance, and no other group can bother you. To some degree, the island is the perfect situation, but many situations here can be, uh, let's say, fucking terrible. So consider this, zombies do not breathe air like we were talking about earlier, therefore, while very unlikely with hordes of them roaming, some could end up on the bottom of the ocean and wander onto your beach. Imagine you're just hanging out on your fucking beach one day and a zombie just starts walking up the fucking from the water, starts walking up onto your beach. I mean, that would be scary. It's Obviously, true. if it's one or two, you, you can probably be okay. But but is I a mean, zombie coordinated enough to swim in a given direction? It's just going to be flailing in the water with well, it or would be completely a random. I mean, it's very unlikely. It'd be completely random. Right. Another thing is some of the zombies could have been wearing life jackets when they turned and uh, be brought to your island by simply by the current. They're just floating down the middle of the ocean. They could be just brought... But, I mean, that's less, you know, scary because you can see them floating their dumbasses from a distance. Right. Worst case scenario, though, an entire ship of the undead. Say, like, a carnival cruise got infected, and then one random day, it crashes into your fucking island. Now you're fucked. You always need to have an escape plan. Yeah, have is, a helicopter out there. Yeah, make sure that if you have an island... Make sure you have a helicopter. My question or a is: speedboat. Let's say you find an island and you it, it is uh, self-sustaining, but are the water sources uh, compromised in an apocalypse? Like, can you fish? Can you? I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. I mean, unless it's like right up against where fucking. That's another thing that was in the book, though. It said. Uh, if you're at an island that's not too far off of the coast, if a river flows into it and some type of nuclear waste or some bullshit got set loose right. by, you know, negligence or something, then, you know, your water and your food source is now compromised. But, I mean, you can't drink salt water anyway. You'd have to wait for rain and have... No, but, I mean, I'm just talking about, like, just, the, the, just simple fishing fine. sources. Like, if you want to, like, catch and cook... Are you able to eat fish in waters where zombies have contaminated the water source? Um, I don't think so, no. But if you're out on an island pretty far from the coast, you probably don't have to worry about that. The ocean's very big. Unless you have your carnival cruise ship or some yeah, dude in a life jacket happens. swims up that, you know, turned, like you said. Just just burn the island down and fucking take off and find a new yeah, one. Yeah, start a new world. You got to keep moving. Again, Guess what? You got all the time in the fucking world. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps up our zombie series. That was really fun. I'm glad we did something a little less heavy this week. These past couple weeks, it's been a really good time. Um, and we got some good stuff coming up, some cryptids, some alien stuff coming up. Uh, we got a mass shooting coming up that I started researching today. So it's going to be fun. I mean, not fun, but interesting, I guess, would be the proper word to use. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad. Me too. I'll make a list. So anyway, you can follow me on Instagram at How the Dads Chill. You can follow Johnny at Johnny Two Jokes. You can follow the show at the Chilling Truth Podcast. 
Uh, also, go take a look at the logo. I did make some very small but important changes. Johnny, I gave you some, uh, like, facial lines so you don't look like a fucking perfectly skinned diva on the stick on the logo. I mean, if anybody's wondering, I think I am a perfectly skinned diva. Well, I mean, you do have nice skin. But Thanks, man. Not like nice, like, I want to cut your skin off and wear it. Not that nice. I didn't take it as that way. I thought, like, you just think I'm sexy, and I appreciate that. No, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. No, you know what? Let's just, we'll talk about it off air. It's totally Yeah, let's talk about it off air. So anyway, we will catch you guys on the flippity flip. Later. Later.